The blazing colors of autumn herald the gateway between the vibrance of summer and the starkness of winter. Here in this part of the world, we are fortunate to be recipients of this annual natural spectacle. But throughout the Northern Hemisphere, days are getting shorter as our calendar approaches the winter solstice. In many places, harvests are being brought in and people are, being, are preparing for the time when the earth will rest for a few months. Many cultures throughout time have responded to the dwindling daylight of autumn by celebrating the transitions of life, most especially the passage from life into death. The ancient Celtic people of Northern Europe celebrated a holiday they called Samhain this time of year. Literally summer's end, Samhain is still marked by Wiccans today. Many years ago, it formed the basis for the Roman Catholic Church's celebration of All Hallows' Eve, a name that gave birth to our modern-day Halloween. Rebecca Kelly Morgan writes that, the religion of the Celtic people was very concerned with life and death, and the year was divided into two parts, light and dark. The light time of year beginning in the spring was the time of life, of crops and harvest. After the last harvest at the end of autumn, this time of year, people moved into what they called the dark time, when everything seemed to be dying and lifeless. And there was one day, the holy day of Samhain, when the great wheel of life shuddered and turned. This day was the time when people stopped between worlds, between light and dark, between life and death, the day when they looked both backwards and forwards. In the Wiccan tradition, the veil between life and death is at its thinnest at Samhain. It is at this time that we allow ourselves to touch and be touched by those who have passed into death before us. It is at this time that we mourn. It is now that we remember. And it is now that we celebrate our ancestors. Catholic people celebrate All Souls Day on November 2nd, a day on which they pray for souls who have died without atoning for their sins, souls caught in purgatory, outside of heaven. On this day, Catholic people go to the All Souls Mass to pray for their ancestors that they might reach salvation. In Mexico, as well as many places where people of Mexican descent live, the All Saints Day and All Souls Day holidays are combined into a festival called Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. The Reverend Peter Morales of the Jefferson Unitarian Church in Golden, Colorado, writes about this holiday that is a part of his cultural heritage. He says, The Dia de los Muertos is an annual November holiday that combines the Roman Catholic All Saints and All Souls Days rituals with 2,000-year-old Mexican Indian traditions. Unlike Halloween, where the dead are seen as threatening, the Mexican holiday honors and remembers them with two days of feasting, professions, pageantry, and religious rites that sometimes include fireworks. He goes on. Preparations begin in mid-October, when markets and shops begin selling all sorts of paraphernalia 
delicate paper cutouts of skeletons called papel picado, decorated wreaths and crosses, sweetened breads, sugar or chocolate skulls, and macabre toys such as miniature coffins made of paper or wood and containing skeletons that sit up when a string is pulled. In rural Mexico, the holiday involves placing the dead person's favorite foods, photographs, flowers, and mementos on a home altar. Many families keep all-night candlelight vigils in the graveyards where their dead are buried and attend open-air memorial masses. November 1st is commonly devoted to remembering infants and children. November 2nd to remembering adults. Dia de los Muertos is a pure celebration. Our altar with memories of those who have gone before us is in honor of this tradition, one with which many Mexican and Mexican-American people are happy to share with others. Though we honor this tradition, we have specifically chosen not to try to replicate it, for to do so, I believe, would be insensitive. Other cultures celebrate this time of year as well. The religion of Santeria has its origins in Cuba and some nearby Caribbean islands. It was developed there by enslaved peoples, and like Vudun in Haiti and Candomblé in Brazil, it is known as a syncretistic religion. These religions combine the religions of the Yoruba, Bantu, Bakanga, and Dahomeyan peoples of Africa, the native religions of those who were brought to this hemisphere as slaves, with elements of the Roman Catholicism of the Spanish slaveholders, and in some cases, native religions practiced by those who were there before colonization. One of the major parts of Santeria, a religion widely misunderstood by those who do not practice it, is the veneration of one's ancestors. One's ancestors are called Ara Orun, or people of heaven, and they are referred to for moral guidance and example on a regular basis. Their names are recited at family ceremonies. In this tradition, ancestor worship and veneration of the dead takes place all year round, but there are special things that happen at this time of year. October 1st in the Santeria religion is the day dedicated to St. Teresa in the Catholic faith, and her Santerian counterpart is Oya, the goddess of change and the underworld. Oya's festival days are celebrated between October 31st and November 2nd. The native peoples of this region have special celebrations at this time of year as well. October 29th marks the Feast of the Dead in the Haudenosaunee, or Iroquois, tradition, in which offerings are made to those who have died in order to help them in their journey to the land of the dead. The six nations of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, the Seneca, Cayuga, Onondaga, Oneida, Mohawk, and Tuscarora nations are the original inhabitants of most of what is now upstate New York, southern Quebec and Ontario, and northern Pennsylvania. Several other Native American nations also celebrate the cycles of birth and death in this season as well. While some cultures and religions, including Chinese Buddhists and Eastern Orthodox Christians, celebrate the passage between life and death in the spring, at the gateway on the other side of winter, the list of peoples for whom the growing night of autumn marks the time to recognize the passage from life to death 
is long. I've given you only a sampler today. For today, we too mark this gateway, the passage from life to death. There are those who might contend that death in and of itself is an end. As far as consciousness goes, as far as any discussions of the soul or wonderings about an afterlife, they, they might be right. Today, however, I ask you to pause for a moment, to think about the words of Senegalese poet Birago Diop, so beautifully adapted and put to music by Unitarian Universalist composer and singer Issa Maria Barnwell of Sweet Honey in the Rock. He wrote, those who are dead have never gone away. They are at the breast of the wife. They are in the child's cry of dismay and the firebrand bursting into life. The dead are not under the ground. They are in the fire that burns low. They are in the grass with tears to shed, in the rock where the whining winds blow. They are in the forest. They are in the homestead, the dead are never dead. Listen more to things than to words that are said. The water's voice sings and the flame cries and the wind that brings the woods to sighs is the breathing of the dead. Open your imaginations for a moment to this thought. Are the dead really dead? Or might they somehow live on in this world it is possible that death is not an end, but merely a change in the way we are in this world. It is possible that life and death are, in the words of Rabbi Rami Shapiro, a twisted vine sharing one root. It is possible that though what we may call life may end at death, existence does not. Surely our molecules do not die. Whether they are burned and scattered or buried in the ground, the molecules of our being become part of the earth. They are recycled in the clouds and the rain, falling into streams that sing as they rush towards the sea. They are reclaimed by the bacteria of the soil, reused by the tree that grows in that soil, and consumed and changed by the flame that feeds on the wood from that tree. Any student of advanced chemistry can tell you that matter is neither created nor destroyed. Again and again, our molecules will cycle through all of life for all of eternity. They will change and be changed. They might be converted to energy or infused with more through complex pathways. But our substance exists long after our life has ended. Surely our actions do not die. They are remembered in the thoughts and deeds of our loved ones. They are used by people seeking to learn. They serve as inspirations and lessons, memories and building blocks for something new. Our deeds live on in the lives of others. Our presence here in this time creates a different future for all those who would one day follow us. So, even if our conscience dies, if there is nothing of a soul to carry on after we are gone, can it really be said that the dead are really dead, if there is someone to remember and celebrate them? If there is someone somewhere 
that carries their genes, something somewhere that is using their matter. Can it really be said that the dead are no longer with us if there is someone among us who reads what they wrote, who cooks from their recipes? Someone who is warmed by the quilts they stitched by candlelight, or who treasures their picture of an ancestor they never met. Someone who has been inspired by their life, someone who has been made better by their work, or someone who has learned from their mistakes. Today, we are reminded that those who are dead might no longer be alive, but neither are they gone from existence. On this day, in the season of dwindling light, of cool nights and blazing autumn colors, let us pause to celebrate and to remember. Let us celebrate and remember those who have gone before us, those whose lives, in the words of Maya Angelou, have paid for us to be here. Let us feel the presence of our ancestors in the rustling trees, in the child's wail, in the moaning rocks, in the beating of our hearts. Let us understand that those who have died live on through us as memories, as spirits, as DNA, as traditions and stories and jokes, as sources of our empathy for others, as inspiration for our being. Let us look through the veil that separates the time of living from the time of death and feel all that comes up within us. For there is sadness, mourning, and loss, but also gratitude, love, and joy in the memories we carry. Most of all, let us use this time of year in which cultures around the world recognize the spiritual and ethereal around us to remind ourselves of our tangible humanness, to remember that we can still be fully alive, agents of change, creative forces in the universe, and most of all, both sources and objects of love. May it be so.